and welcome to the Happier Marriage Podcast. A podcast for spouses longing to have a happier marriage so they can feel more connected, desired and supported. Now, to start the show, here is your host, and Sherpa, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified relationship coach, Kingsley Grant. Thanks for joining me on the Happier Marriage Secrets Podcast. This is a episode number 28, and today we are talking about the five proven ways to get your spouse to talk and listen to you. Imagine that. Getting your spouse to talk and listen to you. And here are five proven ways we're going to talk about today. Let me say this, that whenever I go through a list like this, sometimes you may hear me say something that may cause, may trigger you because you may become defensive or wonder why am I addressing you and not speaking to your spouse? Well, you're the one who's listening to this and that's why this is for you, right? And so you might be triggered by that. So I want to say that, you know, hang in there if that happens, because the purpose of this show is to stir things up at times, right? It's, it's to cause you to, to feel a certain way, because I want to evoke an emotion in you to bring about changes, bring about changes. It's not about just listening to this podcast, but I want to stir things up. And then one thing I want to guarantee you is that we'll, we'll land safely, right? We have a very solid landing uh, at the end. So that is something that I can assure you that we will have at the end of this episode. Now, this show is brought to you by kingslegrant.com. Our hope is that you will be challenged, inspired, and encouraged in this episode as in every other episode. So stay tuned. So the big question is this. How is it possible that you have a happier marriage when you feel like you've tried everything? Your spouse isn't making an effort. You're exhausted you feel like giving up, or there's so much hurt that's taken place between you and your spouse? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Happier Marriage World, and I hope you're ready for another round of the Happier Marriage podcast. Today, we are talking about the five proven ways to get your spouse to talk and to listen. Isn't that exciting? Now, you may or may not agree with everything I mentioned, like I said before, but make sure that whatever you do to stick around right to the end, because I have a special gift for you. And so I want you to have that. So stick around no matter what you, you feel and whatever your thoughts might be as you listen, stick around to the end for this special gift. Okay. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get into the five proven ways. But before I mention that, you may be saying, Kingsley, what makes you um, the person, the go-to, the expert that I, I need to listen to you? Well, let me quickly just say this, especially if you're just joining me for the first time listening to this podcast and you're wondering who is this Kingsley Grant and you haven't read my bio and so on, or haven't followed me. A brief thing I want to mention here is that you know, I've counseled and coached hundreds of couples over the past several years, um, almost two decades. And I'm also as a as a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified relationship coach. And for the, what I've also experienced in my own marriage of more than three decades, I believe that I'm able to talk about topics like this with confidence. And I hope you'll come to that realization and agree with me at the end of this episode. So what are the five proven ways to get your spouse to talk and listen to you? Well, the first one I want to mention is 
practice active listening. You heard me correctly. So King said, wait a minute, that's you're telling me to do that. And you're saying these proven ways is to get my spouse to talk and listen to me. Well, guess what? There's something called the law of reciprocity, of give and take, right? Um, people may say yin and yang, and but whatever you want to call that, there is something that requires you to actually, because you want it more, I would agree because you're listening, you want this more possibly than your spouse. You want him or her to listen to you, right? When you're talking, to engage, and but also to talk and listen to you as well. You want a better, a healthier uh, kind, a more positive kind of environment in your conversation. So when you practice active listening, here's what happened. Your partner, his or her brain is going to pick up on that and mirror back what they're seeing you do. So they're going to be more engaged and leaning in when they know that you're listening to them, right? And how you're doing that is fully focused on your spouse and what they're saying, right? Without, here's a key part now, without without interrupting, right? Or, or, or sitting there uh, planning your response. And they know, they know if you're a listener or not, because if they, as soon as they finish their thoughts, or they I, even if they don't even finish it, you're jumping in with your response, your defensiveness, or whatever it is you're doing. And they know you are not listening to them. So when you're practicing active listening, you're going to be very focused, very present with them. And that is key to them beginning to want to listen to you as and talk to you. Because why? You're creating a healthy environment, a safe environment for them to do that. And when there's not a safe environment, emotionally and otherwise, why would they want to stick around and, and talk and listen to you? Not knowing where this may go. In some cases, it may go physical. In some cases, it may go in shouting match. In some cases, it may go in name calling. So because of that, if you're not actively listening, then that is a possibility. And why would they want to stick around for that? Who wants to put themselves through that? I don't. Would you? Now, that's the first thing I want you to be to work on. Practice active listening. You know, I have a program that I teach about as a, a, the Happier Marriage Roadmap and how to move from where you are in your marriage to a happier place, whatever that may look like for you. And the first thing, the very first step in this roadmap, right, is five steps are five stops or five, I call it five um, stations, basically. The very first one has to do with mastering, right, mastering the art of empathic communication, which is about the same idea of how do you communicate empathically. So when you're practicing active listening, there's empathy as part of that. There's a sense of you want to hear me and you are interested and I'm important. And what I have to say is important. That's the meaning that's being communicated at that time, right? Number two, use open-ended questions. I cannot tell you the importance of this because what happened is we ask questions sometimes, but get a one-word answer. So we may say that, um, did you eat? And the person says, no. Are you hungry? Yes. Right? So that's, that's what we call a close-ended questions. Now, that is not a question that's going to open up your spouse to have a dialogue. So you may say, tell me about your, um, the meals you had today, right? So tell me, so I'm asking them to tell me about their meals they've had today. And 
Even if they say, you know, I really didn't have much to eat. That is more than just a one-word answer. Then you can begin to create a dialogue around that. So how come, how is it that you never had, uh, you didn't have enough to eat today? See what happened? You're opening up the conversation. So whenever that happens, your response is more apt because you're showing interest. You want to know more. You care is what's being communicated. And they're more apt to listen and be there with you because they know that you care and you genuinely are interested in their overall welfare, health, and so on, right? And you're concerned that they may not have eaten. So open-ended questions is what creates um, an environment where your spouse is going to want to say more than just a one-word answer. And that is what you want in this regard. Number three, avoid using criticism, right? Or, or just judgmental language. Uh, we may just jump to a conclusion and say, see, I, I know, I know you would have said that. I know. How do I know he or she would have said that? And he or she may now become defensive and say, what do you mean, you know, I would have said, I would have done or said that? I mean, what, are, what do you mean by that? And so you create now a, 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 a setting for conflict. So, that's a judgmental language. Um, criticism is whenever the person is doing something and it's almost like they never can do anything right. And they criticize, they're criticized about how they fold the clothes or how they wash the dishes or how they stack the dishes or how they make the iced tea. That's a criticism after criticism after criticism. And now when they no longer want to be in your presence, because what they're afraid of is that you're going to find something to criticize about them because their belief system is now it's almost like, you you know, I can never do anything right in your sight, even though others may not say that about me. And now you're the one who's saying that. So they're becoming very defensive. So what you want to do here to avoid using criticism um, is stay away from the you statements. You know, you always, you never, um, you know, so you are the one who is making me so mad. You know, you, and blame, so it's a blame is in place on them, right? So people do not want to be blamed for things or accused of things that is not accurate, right? So they may push back because they hear accusation. They hear um, a, a blame about who, what is going on in your life because if them, and so you have this conflict. So by avoiding criticism, you're going to use I, we call I statements. An I statement is simply saying you're expressing your own thoughts and feelings, right? You statement is not. It's blaming the other person for something. I statement is taking responsibility for your own thoughts and feelings and then express that in a manner where he or she can hear you. You want to say it in a manner where they, you know, hear your heart. They hear that you want what's best. And you want them to hear you. So avoid using criticism or judgmental language. Um, number four, seek to understand your spouse's perspective. Here's what happened. Most times we don't even get a chance to get to what's the perspective. Where could this person be coming from? What is driving his or her uh, thoughts in what they're sharing? And so if I want to seek to understand, I'm going to have to show curiosity. I'm going to have to ask questions. I'm going to have to acknowledge. I'm going to have to try to hear the person's, not only their thoughts and their words, but also their heart. What's coming through? Is it sadness? Is it 
fear? Is it disappointment? What's coming through in what they're saying? And so when I seek to understand, I'm simply empathizing with them. I want to show empathy towards their emotions. Because if I was in their situation, I probably would do what they did. And so I want to show empathy and an understanding of what may have contributed to what they did or said. Now, it doesn't mean I'm agreeing or somehow condoning the behavior. And that's where sometimes people are afraid that if they seek to understand in the manner I'm suggesting, they are afraid they might be condoning more of what it is that's happening. No, the person is saying, at least you're trying to understand where I'm coming from, right? And sometimes they always ask, do you understand? Do, do, do you do you understand what I'm, say, I'm saying? Right? How have they how have they shared that? And you want to say, well, let me see if I understand that. Is this what you're saying? And you want to then paraphrase or reflectively um, become curious and hear them out, but show empathy, a sense of, wow, mm, that must be hard. So that's kind of the thing that they want to know that you're doing that tells them your understanding. So we done the first four. Number one, practice active listening. Number two, use open-ended questions. Number three, avoid using criticism or judgmental language. Number four, seek to understand. And number five is communicate openly and honestly. And sometimes when I say this word, communicate openly and honestly, someone may hear this and say, well, you know, I just want to be honest. So when I tell you what I'm telling you, I just, I'm being honest. You know, so you just can't take my honesty. Well, it's maybe not your honesty that they are worried or they can't take. It's not so much your honesty, but it's the, the, the context in which you place your honesty, right? It's, it's the flavoring. It is the temperature that, that honesty, um, is being shared. So what happened is this phrase, I think, could be helpful for you. People say, you know, I just want to, I'm just saying what I mean, right? Yes, you may, you want to say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Okay, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Say it in love and with kindness and gentleness. Let your spouse know that you're not trying to use this moment in honestly, honestly, uh, honesty in your own way and being open and honest to somehow see it as an opportunity to cut them down and to Make them feel so small if it's your husband to emasculate him and make him feel as if he is not a man and his respect is coming through with all of that. That's not open and honest. To me, that's disrespectful, especially if that's just how they've been heard. So open and honest with your spouse is you're making an effort to present and, and what you're sharing with them in a loving and kind way. So I would say, is it kind? in how you're sharing with them. Is it true? Yes, okay, it's true. But is it kind? Is it tender? Are you presented in a way that is cutting or healing? So communicating openly and honestly is important, but again, it's how it's been said. You may have heard this before, right? People will say it's not what is said, it's how it's been said. You've heard that, right? Now, I disagree with that because I believe it's both. I believe it's what you say and how you say it. Because what you say is the words that you're using and words have meaning and they can be cutting and they can be deadly, right? 
So it's not so much how it's being said, it's a word you chose, you choose to say. So it's more than just that. So it's, it's what is being said and, and how it's being said, right? It's not an either or, it's both. And so you want to make an effort to speak kindly in a manner that is more, um, based on the whole idea of, of healing, of, um, reconciliation, of construct, constructive and positivity. That is what you're trying to get. So you can say what it is in a very assertive way, but make certain that you say what you mean, but don't say it mean, right? That is very key to being, to open and honest conversation. So I hope that these five proven ways to get your spouse to talk and listen to you are something that you're, you're actually doing. I'd love to hear from you which of these five that you have listened to, that you're practicing and how they're working out for you. And, or which of these you think you, you and your spouse need to work on, or you need, you need to work on. Let's start with that. Which of these five do you think you need to work on more than you've ever done, especially as we're in the very beginning of a new year, um, that you're listening to this episode? You may be listen, listening to this way beyond the, the year. So I, I don't want to put a timestamp on this, but you're listening to the early part of the, of the new year. You may want to make, uh, this is what you want to work on and make this a year of, with your and your spouse where you are having a happier marriage and you're reigniting the spark and experiencing more passion and excitement in your relationship. Now, as I said before, by staying to the end, which you are here, obviously, because you've stayed, you're listening to me right now, I want to get you the gift I have for you. And so the announcer will come and tell you how to get your free copy of this ebook um, that I have for you. And, um, you know, it's five secrets to your happier marriage the, the kind, of, kind of marriage you so you want and so deserve. So the, the ebook, the announcer will tell you how to get that. But before she comes, let me invite you to check out our website at happiermarriagesecrets.com. Happiermarriagesecrets.com. And you'll see the podcast, you'll see the blogs, or whatever else you'll see is there on the blogs and the website. So thanks again for listening. And the announcer will tell you how to get your free gift, as I promised you at the beginning just for staying to the end. So here is the announcement. We've come to the end of another exciting show. And if you enjoyed this podcast, one, make sure you give this show a rating and review. Two, subscribe to the show to get all new releases. And three, get your complimentary copy of the Five Secrets to a Happier Marriage ebook at kingsleygrant.com slash HMS ebook. Again, it's kingsleygrant.com slash HMS ebook. See the link in the show notes. Do it today. Don't delay. Thanks so much for listening and make sure you tell one other spouse about this show or better yet, share it with them. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and give you his peace both now and forever. 